Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to podcasters and rather fun chaps Chris Locke and Nathan Adam about what comics they would take into the apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Comic Scene. An award-winning magazine, Comic Scene is available uh, digitally and in print in the UK, Ireland, Australia, Canada and the good old USA. Subscriptions are available from £2.50 at getmycomics.com forward slash comic scene. And on an even brighter note, a few days ago, Comic Scene made their 320-page, that's right, 320-page 2019 annual available for free on their website. Simply go to bit.ly forward slash Comic Scene Annual 2019 or click the link in the show notes to download your free copy today and enjoy the best of comics from 2019. Now without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Chris Locke and Nathan Adam. How's it going? Hello. Hello. Very good, thank you. <laughs> yeah, how you doing? And how are you on this fine evening? <laughs> oh, absolutely wonderful. Uh, the, the, the birds are chirping, um, the sun is setting, and I feel completely relaxed, apart from the fact that I've had a really stressful day at work. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not quite as idyllic as I was trying to make out. Um, it's been quite a stressful day for me. But um, as we were saying just before we came on the call, um, it's it's just great to be able to talk about comics and kind of escape all of that. Mm, so, um, with that in mind, uh, what do you what do you guys do in the world of comics? Uh, well, uh, this is Chris speaking. Just in case you didn't get the two voices mixed up because you introduced us and we went in reverse order because we did. <laughs> We're weird like that. Uh, so yes, um, I don't do anything particularly comic based, it's especially although I am writing one at the moment. You are. So that's quite interesting. So am I. Um, but uh, we run a podcast ourselves, which kind of has had quite a few contacts with uh, comic artists. Uh, so, but we don't, we're not aiming for comic artists, but we just kind of happen to find them. Yes. And they're incredibly interesting people. Mm. And plus the fact that we're also big comic fans as well. And so we do head to a lot of conventions yeah. to try and find them out and go, Ooh, we like you yeah. on our podcast. I think I've become more of a nerd as I've got older. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's holding you so, back now. <laughs> And and speaking of your podcast, you you were very kind enough to invite me on last week, and we had an absolute blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was really awesome having you on. Yeah, yeah, it's always good to kind of get people on and get people talking. And uh, yeah, rough sketch was uh, just a weird idea that I had, and I wanted to in sort of do improv things and random drawing because I know I'm bad at drawing. And I think it would provide hilarity for myself, even if not for other people. Oh, no, it definitely provides hilarity for other people. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a hilarious evening. So <clears throat> I really appreciate it um, for, for inviting me on. Um, and so with that in mind, uh, where can people find you online? Uh, roughsketch.online is the best place and all of our Twitter uh, and everything handles so Twitter, Instagram all the places that where we hang out uh, are all on there we also have personal accounts I'm at Catharsis Jelly on most places and I am at Beware the Bean as well yeah <laughs> 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 but usually, it's not like you're going to be saying more. Sorry. <laughs> but um, usually on our uh, rough sketch, it links to our personal accounts as well. Yeah. So everything links to everything. Everything links to everything, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> it's like every degree of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but uh, what do you call it? All of those links are in the show notes, listeners. So you can go check that out. Click through. Follow Nathan and Chris, um, and listen listen to their podcast at the same time if you really wanted. If you're really good at multitasking, or you could just subscribe and listen to it later. Yeah. Perhaps. We're on all major platforms. Yes. Perfect. Awesome. Right. Um, So um, all of that aside, I've unfortunately got some bad news for you guys. And that is that there is an asteroid heading for Earth. 
And, oh my god! And specifically, specifically, <laughs> it's going to be hitting Bristol. Now, obviously, over the other side of the seven, because you guys are based in Cardiff, right? Uh, no, we're in we're in Bristol. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So I'm going to switch that around. Sorry, Cardiff. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the asteroid is heading to Cardiff. Uh oh. Um, sorry, Wales. Um, and so um, it's on the other side of the seven, so that um, uh, you know you're you're not going to be directly hit by it, but you're going to get the kind of the blast from mm. it, basically. Um, and so my uh, first question for you is, what is your action plan for survival? Hmm. I guess we just go hide in the basement. <laughs> We've got a pretty cool basement. Yeah. We could go hide in the bunker. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's more of a sort of a weird, very tiny basement. Yeah. Thing. Or we call the dungeon because <laughs> you could lock someone up in there for a little while. But it's it's it can be, I think, with a couple of throw pillows, it could be quite nice. <laughs> and I think it's probably it will probably be the safest place. But we live in a basement sort of maisonette anyway. So I think everyone else would get the blast before we did. Yeah. But, and just enough outside of Bristol so that all the centre will probably go to rubbish first. Yeah. <laughs> well we hope we hope uh but yeah but no we don't hope because we love bristol and actually we love cardiff so that would make me incredibly sad it would make us very sad <laughs> like how would we yeah, do pride in two that. towns yeah. it's just not right <laughs> and so um kind of now that you're in the basement mm. and things um what, what what's going to be your your action plan from there um have you have you have you got uh Stocks? Are you stocked up on food and things? Noodles. We've got quite a yeah, lot of noodles. We've got quite a lot of noodles, especially at the moment. Yeah, not the ramen sort of packet style, but uh, other style. Yeah, because uh, right. we stocked up whilst people weren't looking because of COVID. <laughs> I think it will make Chris's life like really easy because Chris does have a thing where he does really like to know what he's going to have for dinner. Yeah, um, especially yeah. like just after we've had dinner the night before he's like right so what are we gonna have for dinner so every dinner would just be noodles which would make both of our lives really easy uh staying away from tinned uh at least baked beans because i hate them yeah i'll have all of them which would be great because i love tinned baked you're you're asking for trouble in the basement as well with baked beans (laughs) i'm asking for trouble in a bunker with chris so (laughs) Full stop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You might as well double down. <laughs> just uh, bring nothing but chickpeas. Yeah. And lentils. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's going to end up well. <laughs> At least it'll be warm. At least it'll be warm. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, so, um, whilst uh, whilst you're, you're munching away on noodles and, and potentially some chickpeas as well, um, the the conversation of comics comes up. Um, and you ask each other, uh, what's the first comic you remember enjoying? Chris, what was the first comic you remember enjoying? Uh, I now have to remember what I, re- what I remembered. Uh, so I think it was, um, for me, uh, Asterix. Um, I did read the Beano and probably the Dandy, but the one that I specifically remember is definitely Asterix. Mm. I, it was because... Uh, Asterix and Obelix were incredibly fun characters and silly and yet forthright because they would just go and beat up Romans. Mm. Not that I'm against Roman people, but <laughs> I just think it's I, I just think the way that it was handled was mm. great. And in that weird sort of French ghoul style. Uh, it was even funny if you read it in French, which I couldn't read in yeah. French. <laughs> just look at the pictures. And it was available uh, at the library uh yeah yeah so uh, it was probably at the library where i took out these comic books and then snaffled them away to my room and was just chuckling to myself nathan what's the <laughs> first comic that you ever remember enjoying um a, a bit like you sort of saying that you you obviously sort of read the beano and the dandy and and that's also sort of like what i remember sort of from early childhood but i always found them a bit naff I wasn't like a massive fan of the sort of humour um, of them. Um, then uh, I think I must have been around about seven or eight. My uh, my brother went in for uh, to have his tonsils removed, um, and my mum bought him Sonic the Comic, um, the very first issue of Sonic the Comic, um, and I ended up reading it and I ended up snaffling it away from myself. 
And I do remember becoming, because me and my brother were like really big sort of Mega Drive fans. Um, and a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog as well. I used to play a lot of Sonic. Um, and so I would get those comics. And I know that there's like different ones. There's ones, there's the Archie ones that they made in America, but these were specifically like the British ones that were made in the UK. And um, it was the first time I was sort of introduced to like more of a, a series style of comics, um, not always sort of gags and puns and beating up the wusses and, and stuff like that. It was, you know, it actually had some action. And it wasn't just Sonic, like the Sonic series as well. They had like loads of other different games like Shinobi mm. and uh, Streets of Rage. They all had their own little comic series in them. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I really like this. Yeah. So, yeah, those were like... And I collected like loads of them. I must have got to like 180 issues that I collected over the years. Wow. My gosh. That's amazing. Because Sonic the Comic has come up quite a few times. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But uh, yeah, Sonic the Comic has come up quite a few times, but I don't think anybody collected like that many issues. Yeah, I was obsessed with it. That's what my pocket money went on. Well into it. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and so for, for you guys, have you always been fans of, of comics or did you kind of fall out of love and then come back in or has it been consistent? I definitely fell out of love with it. I kind of, uh, I think I grew much more into sort of music uh, and my nerdy sort of uh, programming, which I sort of taught myself. I'm mostly self-taught. Um, mm-hmm. So that kind of took over my brain and uh, didn't leave much space for very much else apart from anger so like and i suffered with lots of inner rage as a teenager <laughs> mostly <laughs> because of uh, uh rage know, against the machine just yeah just rage just in general which was then helped by things like rage against the machine i i found uh, yeah, exactly. angry music yeah. kind of really quite cathartic and i still do to this yeah, day totally it's, yeah, a, yeah, it's, it's a good outlet for me so yeah uh but i'm i'm much more in touch with it again now so i've kind of fallen out of love with it and now i know much more about the sort of independent comic book scene i was never really an x-men kind of like superhero mm. type thing person anyway but yeah i much prefer the sort of indie weird comics these days yeah nice um I, I well as you can tell i bought 180 sort of <laughs> issues of sonic the comic um, I don't. I don't think I ever fell out of comics at all. I used to. Um, I got like a little uh, sort of book, make your own thing, when I was about nine, and um, which was called Make Your Own Comic, and it came with like a pre sort of panelled comic that you just filled in, um, and I was just like, oh, this is great. So I made my own comic, and then that's what I pretty much did um, for ages really <laughs> um but i'd still collect comics as well and obviously i still do it to this day so comics have always been sort of like a massive massive part of my life nice and then have you still got those kind of pre-made comics that you made so i still have them i still have the, uh, a couple of them unfortunately i did have to um go through like the big boxes i used to have uh, from my dad's house because there was just no way I was able to keep them all. So I sort of, I sort of got rid of the ones that really made me cringe, and I, <laughs> I kept the ones that I thought were pretty sentimental to me. So I kept the very first one that I made, and um, I kept a couple of others as well. So my very first one was called the Cool Man comic. So oh, awesome, <laughs> a very a very nine year old <laughs> name for a comic. And it just had like these anthropomorphic characters. I think the very first one is that he found a lottery ticket on the floor. And then they found out that the person who originally won the the ticket was murdered. And they said it was him who had murdered him. But then apparently this other guy just turns up and said, no, I killed him. And they're like, okay, you're free to go. And that's it. It's a murder. Yeah. (laughs) And that's pretty much how it went. That's brilliant. Though. I love I love that twist. Like the twist was a happy ending. <laughs> Rather than the other way around. Um, that's a that's a nice premise though. Yeah. Um like getting locked away for like being innocent, getting locked away. Um but then he should have got away, but then it turned out that he really did do it. <laughs> I don't know. No, he was my main protagonist. <laughs> to keep him good. Well, yeah, then he can then he can, then he can become a fugitive serial killer or something. <laughs> After lottery <laughs> Secretly a mass murderer like Elmo is. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
definitely. Yeah, <laughs> um, fantastic. Now um, the, the the conversation uh, starts to move on, and you ask each other, "What's the funniest comic that you've ever read?" Nathan, what's the funniest comic you've ever read? Uh, well, the funniest comic I I feel that I mean I've read quite a lot of funny comics. Um, definitely the funniest comic, especially now that it's been going on for like about over ten years, uh, is a web comic called um, uh, Oglaf. Have you ever heard of Oglaf before? O G L A F. O G L A F. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Oglaf is uh, basically a sort of just a, a panelled scripted hmm. comic, just sort of like funny papers sort of one, but it's about sort of like this uh, uh, this fictional fantasy land. It's got the same old sort of like. Uh, you know warriors and witches and things like that but all the jokes are quite adult it's very not safe for work um uh but it's it's a lot of the jokes are very pointed like uh pointing fingers at sort of like the taboos and the societal norms around sex and sexuality and gender um and that's uh, they play it off It's, it's two people who write it um and draw it and the and they're just hilarious. Like the punchline is always just like incredibly funny. Um, and my my favourite one of it is doesn't even have a punchline. It just has an expression on the character's face. Um, so it has a sort of king and his sort of um, his assistant. And people are coming up to the king and they're saying like the king, I've I've brought you this wonderful uh, medallion made of all these precious rubies. And then the assistant's like, I will build you a labyrinth so you can hide this special gold medallion in it. And they, all these other people are coming up and giving sort of precious things. And this assistant's always just like, oh, I'm going to build a labyrinth. And the king's just like, why do you, why are you always about labyrinths? And he's just like, oh, I just think they're really cool. And then just like the, the last shot is like this um, person coming in. And he's just like, my lord, your wife has just given birth but the baby is a monster like that. And so you see this one panel of the king looking shocked and the guy looking shocked, the assistant, and then the assistant's just beaming face <laughs> from just like the pure joy of just like... <sighs> <laughs> and I definitely recommend reading a lot of Ogluff. If, if you know, if, you, if, if you're of, of age to read that sort of not safe for work, because it does have a lot of nudity <laughs> and a lot of uh, sexy talk, but it is really good. I'd recommend it to anyone. Oh, oh, God <laughs> uh, that reminds me of um, a little bit of VG Cats, which was a web comic that yeah. I used to read. That was, yeah, I I never thought of uh, web comics as comics, but they are. I know. <laughs> I've only just come to that realization. That's really weird. Okay, I, my brain will reset sooner or later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, also check out VG Cats. Mm, I, I, just, I do remember VG Cats. It's the one phrase that. Uh, got me and that was ace um a face full of alien wing wong <laughs> and if you just google that it's just the most amazing punchline ever uh but i think i think for me uh the thing that made me laugh first and hardest was um definitely tank girl and definitely some of the uh let's say penis related jokes right <laughs> <laughs> If I'm allowed to say dick jokes, then dick jokes, uh, because they are... They... You can tell we're incredibly mature when it comes to our <laughs> humour-based oh, yeah, totally. comics. <laughs> it's like, how can, oh, it's how can you just, like, avoid like, having a, just a just random, like, really just pointless random jokes about penises and about sex and about things like this? And it's just, like, and it's all thrown in, and it's done by, you know... A, a lady and, and and just in my brain my brain sort of exploded <laughs> i'm not misogynistic but i think my brain went what <laughs> that's possible How can that be? Yeah. yeah women can't talk yeah. about these sorts of things it, this was the 1980s though it's just like what I, and then you know things like madonna happened i was like okay cool <laughs> so this is what feminism looks like i never knew it and so, yeah, Tank Girl was my thing. It was just like, it made me laugh. It made me cry with laughter at various points in my life. <laughs> um, and uh, and VG Cats. So I, I've forgotten about VG Cats until you mentioned Oglaf. Mm. So thank you for that. <laughs> nice. Hey, so now uh, the, the conversation moves on to, uh, to switching emotions. And that is, uh, what's the saddest or most upsetting comic that you've read? 
I don't think I've ever cried at a comic. No. I can't remember if I have, but it, nothing stands out for me. There's um, there's a couple of times where I have cried at a comic, and it is usually when it involves some sort of animal getting hurt. Mm. Um, the... Old yellow! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the one comic that I do really remember um, having just like really bumming me out for the rest of the day um and it was it was kind of like a justified sort of ending it was a good ending but i got really into uh, a manga called banana fish um which is uh it's quite an 80s uh manga i think it was actually it was drawn in the 90s but it was based in the 80s um and it's sort of there's about 20 issues i think of the whole which just in like book form I don't know how many issues sort of got released in Japan. Um, but the ending was quite shocking and almost very realistic in the way that sort of like people go through this like massive thing. And then at the end, it can just go like that due to the most simplest of reasons. Um, and just being so invested in all these characters and what they had gone through and like the trials and stuff like that. It was just like, oh, like that. And I was actually at the time I was like living with my dad um, and I'd just come home for lunch um, from work and I was reading the end of this book and I just started weeping. And he was just like, what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. pull yourself together, old boy. <laughs> <laughs> just, they just couldn't get it. And I'm like, okay. I guess. Meanwhile, you're doing nothing but that. Ah, why? <laughs> I get it. Fantastic. Well, no, I mean, it's it, it's great to hear um, that, you know, comics can have that effect on you. Mm. Um, even even though, I mean, it's, it's really difficult um, to sometimes get across the emotion, I guess, mm. um, with comics because you're, you're, you're taking it um, every reader takes it at their own pace. Yeah. Um, because with a with a novel, you know, even um, you're you're reading at a steady pace, you know. But with a comic, sometimes you flick a page because you know you can kind of you can grasp it fairly quickly, and other times you really take a time time on a page mm. as well. And so it's kind of it's, it's really difficult sometimes with a. I guess it's also comic. how like invested you are in the in the story that you're reading, because obviously with a with a book or yeah. with a comic you can you can be reading it and then something will happen and you have to put it down and then you're mm. sort of lost away from that moment but if you carry on in that moment then it does hit you um and i guess also it's it's quite nice when a when a comic or a book does that to you i guess the same with sort of like uh plays and improvisation and, and such like that it's just like it's it it sometimes can be quite easy to go towards the funny but then it mm. it's much more harder to sort mm. of invoke uh, that sort of sadness and that melancholy emotion from people and I think people who do it I mean people cry for all sorts of different things um, but to invoke that emotion into someone I think might be must be kind of you feel bad but then it's also just like that's I feel like that's actually a good way of writing the day I do it on stage is the day I win at life I yeah. think <laughs> when you make people cry <laughs> yeah. yeah making people cry from what I've done on stage it's just like <laughs> yes come on <laughs> Totally. I mean, it's it's quite an accomplishment to to have people invest in the story so much that they become emotional mm. because of it. Um, and by saying that, so, I don't yeah, mean no, that it's... not like writing funny is easy. That no. is also hard. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> most definitely. Um, but uh, I mean, it, it's just it's it's quite a different skill, um, and I. Um, I find it really difficult to do funny. Mm. I think myself. Um, I I just can't do it. I don't think. Um, I, I I put in the odd joke in in my comics. Mm. You know, I can be like passing jokes, mm. but I can't make something that's kind of you know funny once a page type of thing. I don't think. Mm. Um, maybe I'll try one day, but I'm not sure I have that comedic bone mm. in me um in that sense but uh yeah hey ho the thing with comedy and emotion it's all very subjective and all very personal so whatever you do for mm. one person might hit and mm. it might miss about 20 others and so yeah, yeah. It's, it's not always guaranteed but yeah. just make yourself laugh or make yourself cry you've done 
pretty good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <There> <laughs> fantastic. Now, uh, moving emotions again, um, we come on to the next question, which is, uh, what's the scariest or most horrifying comic that you've read? Mm, I'm a big, massive fan of scary comics anyway. Mm. So uh, if I may, the, the, the thing that really comes back to me, and there was lots uh, at the time that I was reading them, so there's the whole Alien and Aliens series. And then the third one, Alien Earth War. But uh, in all of that, I skipped back to um, <clears throat> reading a comic adaptation of a Clive Barker short story. So Clive Barker is a great Liverpudlian writer. I think he's from Liverpool. Um, so he wrote The Books of Blood, uh, and there are six of them. They're all quite short stories, but they're all quite good. Uh, don't watch the films. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Um, especially the Midnight Meat Train, which is probably one of my favourite stories of his and made me gag as I was reading it. Mm. That's very rare that happens. Uh, And the film of it's got Vinnie Jones in it. It's great. (laughs) Um, As a poor film, it's great. Uh, But yeah, he did did some of his books of blood as comics. And I still have one tucked away somewhere. Uh, And, you know, the stories of like Rawhead Rex and just... It's visceral, it's emotional, it's um, erotic in places, and it's that kind of beautiful mix for me between reality and unreality, and just the way that he mixes those two worlds for me that kind of like made it quite real and made me want to kind of throw up at multiple times. Mm. And I'm like, yes, this is what I want. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Manipulate me. Yes. (laughs) It's like, these are emotions. These are great. I'm feeling uh, sick. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. It's the weird thing that horror does for me. Mm, That's awesome. Um, Well, I didn't actually read many very horror sort of comics sort of growing up. Um, uh, usually because I'm just a massive worse, or I was a massive worse. Now I actually really like horror. Um, but I think the one thing, and uh, I I didn't expect it to do it as well, because it's another webcomic, um, and I did have to look up the name as well, because I remembered what it was, and it was really vivid, but it's got quite a, um, it's got a, a, a Korean name, so it's like Bong Chun Dong Ghost, and it's sort of a very... Uh, it's a very sort of short comic. There's only sort of like a few panels to it and it was online. Um, and it's about a girl sort of walking home. Um, and she sees sort of like this, this sort of tattered woman figure sort of like in front of her looking quite scary. Um, and I, I do believe that sort of like, uh, sort of Korean and, and the Japanese, they do horror very, very well. They do. They usually do the, the horror that scares me. Um, mm and uh the girl is uh, the girl sort of sees this figure and this and this figure's kind of going where's my baby where's my baby and this girl goes oh, i don't know um the these apartments are over there go to those apartments um the what i didn't notice was happening so it did do a little bit of a jump scare what i didn't realize is that this comic actually had elements of animation in it um and so you're you're just scrolling down the page usually so it's just one big website and you're just scrolling down and then suddenly this sort of apparition just goes vroom, straight out of the frames and right in your face and it is terrifying <laughs> um it was a really good story it really sort of it, it was really well panelled it was really sort of like it really drew you into the story and because you're sort of going closer and closer to your screen sort of reading more and more and then this thing just jumps out into your face it just remember just very being like <laughs> just sort of having to breathe a little bit afterwards <laughs> nice. nice that's awesome and then i mean i think it's it's great um to try and use that innovation with web comics and things like that to is it is it mostly um static panels and then yeah. the last one is so that's a great effect isn't yeah. it yeah like that's exactly static you're not expecting any type of animation and then boom in your face yeah there is a comic book producer out there somewhere i can't remember their name off the top of my head i've met them once or twice that do um ar in their comics oh, okay yeah. yeah so you've got like a a, yeah. a phone app you just hold it over the page and it sort of animates or does things. I've, I've not seen it. That's but, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I... Yeah, it's really good. There's one called Neon Wasteland. Right. That I know of. I think it's I think it's David Shields is the guy that did it. 
Um, it was a Kickstarter last year. Um, but that was really, I mean, that was epic. Um, it's, it's all like cyberpunky and things mm. like that. And yeah, as you, as you said there, Chris, it, like you got an app and it animates stuff and kind of um, has stuff coming off of the page and things like that. I mean, it's it's awesome. Mm. That'd be really good as cyberpunk because it's all going to be neon and flashy and yeah. Cool. Exactly. And it also has yeah. just that element of sort of like being involved in it much more than just the reader, which mm. I, I, I very, I'm much into ARG and stuff like that. Um, I think right. it's great. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, now uh, we move on to, to one of my favourite questions, and that is, uh, what is your favourite cover? Mm. Uh, for me, this was a, not an easy pick. It was between two. Uh, it was between. I've got a big poster of this on the wall, mm. so it was the Killing Joke. Uh, Batman's awesome. I think it's the best Batman comic out there, in my opinion. But it's mostly because mm. it contains mostly Joker stuff. Yeah. And he's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. But thinking back before that is actually the uh, first major uh, full book of Tank Girl stuff. And it's where Tank Girl is kind of standing. She's got a missile bra on, like some, yeah. two very large uh, missiles uh, covering her boobs. Mm. And this uh, some very short shorts. So a very kind of like cropped, uh, badly shaved head, which I thought was just badass and cool and sexy and just like, just like I, I wanted to be her. I, yeah. I, I couldn't because I didn't have the right bits. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, And then she has this teddy bear sort of kind of coming down from her waist. And his teddy bear has just got this inane, weird grin on its face. It's just, it's hilarious and sexy and yeah that for me i don't have it but if i had it i'd, I'd be really happy be really <laughs> good. but I, I used to have it as a comic book and then i got rid of them all when i moved out and sold everything oh, yeah. that i own basically because <laughs> i left the country for a bit so yeah uh sadly i don't own it but i do own the culling joke one and that's uh that fulfills part of the fun part of the fun yeah yeah i didn't i don't really have one um I feel like I'm a really bad comic fan by not actually having like a, a like a, a well-known cover that's sort of gone whoa. Um, the only one I can really think of is sort of like this uh, this massive sort of graphic. I would say sort of like this massive just graphic book um, that my my stepbrother bought me for Christmas one time called The Avengers of a Japanese Businessman. Um, right, and it's 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 like a really big book as well and it's got no text in it whatsoever it's just pictures it's just like this illustrated comic of um of different things that are happening to this um to just like this little japanese sort of salary man and he's so small compared to all these other things that are happening and he ends up going into another worlds and and all sorts of stuff as he's just walking home and the cover is really cool because it's just kind of got him in the middle just sort of walking down the street and then it's got all these crazy like creatures and monsters and people and everything just filling up all around him and it's so integrate and it's so just like loads of stuff happening um I think he probably just looked at it and went, yeah, Nathan will like that. <laughs> Which is great. My stepbrother's pretty good at buying comics for me. He knows what I like. <laughs> no, I'm just looking at it now. I just Googled it quickly. Um, and uh, no, that is fantastic. That's really fun. Mm. Like, just loads of things going on. You could spend loads of time looking at those, like people coming out of the windows and all sorts. Yeah, it's it's the same with the actual comic inside. You can you can just spend ages yeah. just looking. It's like a at... Where's Wally, but without Wally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> looking at every page, trying to see what's what's going on. Um, Wally is in there. Well, you've just not seen there. him. I didn't care about him. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Wally. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, now uh, moving on to one of the most interesting questions, and that is, what's the most meaningful comic to you? Hmm. Uh, do you want me to go first? I can go first if you want. Do it, do it. Um, go for it. I definitely think that Sonic the Comic was very meaningful to me um, because it's what it it was what got me really into comics. Um, uh, also, as I mentioned before, like Banana Fish, just because I think it was um, it was around about that time when a lot of sort of manga was coming out and you could buy it in books. 
um and you can just go to like waterstone or borders and you could buy like a, a book and it was just like wow and it was people were starting to know about it and, and stuff like that more in uh, uh in england anyway and um all the mangas that i was sort of collecting were very sort of like they were sort of kind of actiony but they were based in a world that i didn't know they were very fantasy they were very um or they were very sort of like slice of life sort of comics or with magical girls and things like that and i was just going through one just trying to find sort of like something that i could really get into um and banana fish was just something so different because it was it was like set in the 80s it was set in new york but it had like um, this one Japanese character and this one American character that were around about the same age but lived completely different lives and it had like gangsters and this like m- like this drug that no one could like everyone would just go out of their heads if they took it um, and it and it had like a, a small little undertone of just like um, uh, homosexual love <laughs> which I also really liked at like, my younger age as well um so it just had that slight undertone so it wasn't like it wasn't in your face but you could feel this this sort of bromance maybe more happening between these two characters and that was really lovely as well um another comic I think had a lot of meaning to me and I've still got it to this day um because it was the one thing that really started getting me into manga um uh, I've got a version of um, Bubblegum Crisis, which is based around the original sort of idea of the, I don't know the the, the Japanese creator of Bubblegum Crisis, um, but it used to be a manga and an anime uh, in Japan. But this one's actually done by an American artist called Adam Warren. And I've got like a couple of his stuff, a couple of his stuff as well. Um, and again, it was the very first sort of one of those books. And this was even, you know, like I thought that sort of like Sonic the Comic was having such more of a sort of grittier, darker, but this was like really gritty. It had violence. It had like guts all over the place. It had people having sex in office buildings and stuff like that. It was just like, whoa. I see a theme happening. Yeah. <laughs> just a <laughs> dirty pervert. Um, I didn't say <laughs> but, um, but that sort of opened my mind up to sort of more, grittier more sort of realistic uh, even though that's m- massively like cyber punky fantasy sort of stuff um just just kind of saying it was like it's okay to still like comics because comics can be for adults as well and i was just like yeah i'm an adult i read adult comics yeah. <laughs> um so that had a big that had sort of like a big impact especially sort of like towards my own style as well because then i started looking more into manga and getting more into it and and sort of developing that into my own style, which I think a lot of artists sort of like my yeah. age did. Yeah. A lot of people use that as influence. Mm. Uh, for me, it's very similar to something, I, well, I've already mentioned it. Um, it has to be the killing joke for me. Um, it's the, it's the, I'm not a massive Batman fan, but I am a massive Joker fan. And it's the bit where you kind of realize that Batman and Joker are in this very weird relationship where they need each other. And they kind of use each other to get to do what they do, mm. and and without each other, they're kind of lost. Yeah, and it's and it's mm. like a weird bromance, uh, and it's like it's not sexual, but it's uh, there's so many undertones of like needy relationship and uh, like really bad relationship, but like neither of which can break break that grip that they have on each other. Um, and it's when I started, when I kind of really got into that and I was just like, finally, they've actually kind of like poked that hornet's nest and yeah. gone, there it is. <laughs> it's yeah. actually there. And we're not, not acknowledging it anymore. Today we're acknowledging it full force. It's here. There you go. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's like, yes, finally, finally. Cause yeah, I, I, I find Bruce Wayne just a kind of a dull character anyway but mm. like i found the joke just yeah. much more intriguing um i'm into villains i think more than the heroes the villains are you just want to see the world burn don't you <laughs> sometimes yeah i think it's that inner <laughs> teenage angst coming out of me still <laughs> burn it all yeah so no, that's fantastic and, and villains are 
are generally the most the more interesting mm. characters because of course you know superman is notoriously difficult to write yeah. <laughs> um, there are some absolutely fantastic superman um stories out there but um yeah the the, the villains are a lot more interesting or or at least gray characters like the punisher or something like that mm. that are kind of like they're good, but they're also kind of bad. Yeah, because <laughs> they yeah. kill loads of people that yeah. they care yeah. that um, get in the way. Yeah, um, Deadpool fits into that character category for sure. Mm. Deadpool, exactly. yeah, like the anti-hero type stuff. Great hero breaks the fourth wall all the time. It's just like, yeah, this is, but he's also an idiot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is fun. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, now, uh, moving on to our next question, uh, that is, uh, what's the most underrated comic? And mm. I, I don't have enough knowledge of all comics to know what people think are underrated, but I think uh, Bitch Planet is underrated. I don't think enough people know about it. Mm. Uh, maybe pe- more people know about it than I know, <laughs> so, which is mm. you know a very weird thing. But it's uh, after going through like some of these thoughts, I realised that a lot of the stuff that I've picked up on are all massively sort of feminist-based comics, mm. and I think deep down, it's not deep down inside. It's some like I am a massive feminist, and I didn't realise <laughs> it. I, I I sort of it hides and then comes out in weird comic book form but uh yeah for me it's it's uh orange is the new black but in space i think is how the comic creator elevator pitched it um it's really nicely drawn it's got some really awesome characters in it um it's in space (laughs) (laughs) have i mentioned that it's in space uh yeah uh it's a prison colony but in space and it's yeah it just has some really kick-ass female characters in it Mm. and uh i dig that yeah it looks really cool as well it's got that sort of pop yeah uh sort of old print type sort of comic book look to it the art style's really kind Mm. of like it's very unique i haven't seen it for a while so it's not clean it's kind of got that weird shading on it i don't know what it's called i don't do art yeah it's sort of that like that old sort of comic book print style Yeah. yeah I don't do art. That's my excuse. <laughs> well, you can. You, all you have to do is appreciate it. Yeah, I can definitely do that. Like, you can see it and say, "That's awesome. That's my bag, baby." Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. How about you, Nathan? Um, so with my one, um, again, I don't know actually if it's if it's popular or not. Um, as far as I know, anyone who's read it often thinks that it's amazing. Um, but then I think people can be quite put off from sort of like the the look of it. So I think Snot Girl is really sort of um, underrated. Uh, so Snot Girl is about is is a very sort of modern time comic. It's about uh, this girl who is an online sort of influencer um, on all the social medias, um, taking all the pictures. She says she's a, a model. But literally, she's doing very little modelling. She's just sort of living in L.A. um, with other sort of online influencers. Um, But she has like she's very self-absorbed. She doesn't understand why these other influencers are doing so much better than her. Um, And she um, but the reason why she's called Snot Girl is because she has like really bad allergies. So anything can set off her allergies and she and she literally cannot let anyone know that she has these bad allergies and it ruins this sort of perfect persona that she's presented herself on social media. Um, but then it sort of goes into like this with this weird sort of mystery, um, which leads into like, um, someone potentially, uh, committing murder or someone potentially sort of pushing someone off uh, a balcony, um, which then starts including this sort of weird mystery. She starts having these sort of weird hallucinations because of her medication that she's on for her, um, for her allergies. And it starts sort of weaving into this weird sort of like, who done it? What am I actually doing? Sort of, uh, sort of story. Um, and I'm, I quite like characters that are very self-absorbed, that they're actually, they think they're the greatest, but they're not. 
Um, so flawed characters. So flawed, yeah, very yeah. flawed characters, yeah. very sort of narcissistic characters. I'm, I, I find that hilarious. They're like my favorite thing, um, especially when they're not all that. And um, I just, I think it's very cleverly written. I think it's sort of like you can slightly empathize with some of the characters, but then you can't because they're all sort of very knobbish a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I just think it's, I think it's a great comic and I think people should, should give it a read. I think it's, it's still a continuing sort of issued mm. comic going on at the moment. So I think sort of like in the big bulk sort of comics that they have, uh, issue three is going to be released soon. There's fun in that game where you basically, you put, portray this thing and you say, oh, you, nobody can ever see this thing. Yeah. And then you keep poking at it. You keep poking at it. You mm. keep poking at it. And that's sort of a very kind of gamey sort of thing to do. Yeah. And when the day it comes out, then it's actually more hilarious yeah. because you've been trying to hide it for so many years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can appreciate that from an improv point of view. Mm. <laughs> and she's so wrapped up in just like, she's so wrapped up in like not letting anyone know that she's got these allergies when really it's actually sort of like her personality and her lack of work ethic and stuff like that. That's actually bringing her down, <laughs> down more <laughs> and just being a massive bitch at the same time. <laughs> Well, that doesn't sound relatable at all. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, dear. no, that's that's fantastic, and th- th- those are two that have actually been on my radar for a little while, um, and I've been meaning to get getting around to actually diving into them. But well, we hope we sold them to you. <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, and- it's just uh, my reading pile is, is getting ridiculous these days. Yeah, ours as well. We've <laughs> run out of bookshelf space now. We need another bookshelf. Yeah, I'm trying to buy digital, yeah. but it's it's not the same. No, it's, it's not the same. Not the same. Not, <laughs> no, I find it really difficult. I can, I, I can for some um, some comics. I can, um, but just yeah, for certain comics, I I definitely need physical. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Um, and uh, speaking of which, uh, moving on to our, our, our um, one of our last questions uh, and most difficult questions uh, for you both, mm-hmm. what is the best comic of all time? I don't think I've read it yet, mm. but like I'd like to put many forward for it or many forward that I know mm. about. So I I rate the boys very highly mm. as a Great. series, not just as a as a one off comic. Uh, I got. Uh, Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but I will. I will remember the name of it. You talk, Nathan. I'll talk. I'll go and look at the bookshelf. You go look at the bookshelf. Um, so definitely, my favourite comic of all time has to be Black Sad. Um, if you don't know Black Sad, it's actually. Um, I think the creators are actually Spanish, but it originally uh, was sort of published in France. Um, so I thought for ages it was actually French. Uh, creators but it wasn't the spanish um and it's sort of set in that sort of uh 1920s uh noir detective um sort of setting but all the characters are anthropomorphic and black sad is sort of like this big black and white cat um but it's just so amazingly drawn like every page is like a is like a beautiful painted piece of art um it just it look you could just spend actually most of your time just looking at the artwork and all the characters have so much um just so much character in every single design that they've got um and the story's always really good i mean there's not there's not very many issues there's not very many stories of it i think there's about five um but that i can't blame them really because it must take ages to draw them really um and it's um and the stories are really good. Um, yeah, it's just something that I always sort of end up going back to um, all the time because I just love sort of just looking at the pages and just sort of oaring over the mm. over the uh, over the artwork and the characters. And yeah, mm. I think it's just brilliant. I think it's so well made. I'm still yet to read it. It's on my list. <laughs> One of many. Uh, the other one I, I kind of want to put forward, even though and it's probably very unheard of. Uh, I only got it last year, so it's still quite fresh in my memory. Is Drugs and Wires, which is by Mary Safro. Yeah. I seem to recall. Uh, so it was a Kickstarter, and it's come out in multiple formats, and it, it did really well at Kickstarter. But it's it's a it's a beautiful 
comic book and it's like really nicely written and the story's really nice in it and it's sort of very 1980s cyberpunk so it's kind of retro cyberpunk it's it's yeah it's really it's nicely nicely written and i i put that right up there not very you know kind of it's not marvel but I don't really like Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not well known. It doesn't have to be Marvel, yeah. no. Uh, absolutely not. Um, but uh, no, yeah, that's really good. And going back to Black Sad, just quickly, uh, that's one I hadn't really heard of, but I, just looking at the art just now, um, that is awesome. Yeah, it? it's cool, isn't it? <laughs> it really is cool. Um, just like, particularly like the facial acting mm. that the artist does of um, of the main character. Yeah. Um, even though it's a black and white cat, kind of an anthropomorphic um, one, um, it's uh, it's awesome. He definitely really has cool. that sort of grizzled detective look about him, and you can definitely tell that just from just off the mark. Yeah, apparently there's a um, computer game out about it that yeah, doesn't do very well. Yeah, there's apparently a, a computer uh, game that they've made of it, and it's it's like those Telltale games mm-hmm. um, that used to be out, but apparently it's glitchy as hell and not very what? good. Yeah, which is a shame. It's like ow, that is a shame. Ow. Like they tried but failed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a shame. Um, but the comic is still there. Oh yes, so, there's there's sort of three yeah. I think that have been released with sort of a couple of the stories, and I think they've got um, two other stories that they're going to release into a book, but it hasn't been released yet. I don't think. Right. Cool. Uh, now uh, we come on to our final question in regards to comics, and that is: if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse, or in this case, your basement, uh, with you, uh, which would it be? Does it have to be one, or can it be a series? <laughs> it can be a whole series. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't have to be a singular issue. It can be all uh, 180 uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would probably take Banana Fish in with me i do sort of make it an effort to sort of read it every summer um to go through it all over again to go through all the heartbreak all over again so <laughs> i i would probably take that with me torture your soul yeah away. why not oh. uh for me uh i'm gonna go back to old favorites and go back to tank girl and a more recent tank girl uh that i picked up or uh, maybe somebody else picked up for me i can't remember uh maybe uh so two girls one tank um, forgive the pun. Someone did pick that Someone up. Did, 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 I picked that yeah, up. I, thought, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember these things. Um, yeah, it's it's Tank Girl uh, defeating Nazis, uh, shooting them in the face, that kind of thing. Uh, there's a big reunion between Sub Girl and Jet Girl and Tank Girl, so that's quite nice because uh, they fell out of love. And it's more recent Tank Girl, so it's much more... Um, kind of up-to-date drawings, but still with the same old dick jokes. Mm. And there's, there's mm. boogers in there as well. And like he's just he's just the uh, the delivery system for dick jokes as yeah. well as kind of like you know sometimes they point at him. It's like this one's about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it makes me sad because people don't like the movie, and I think the movie is poor, but I like it because it's poor. Uh, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I like it because Ice T plays Booger, and I'm like, what more do oh, I wow. want? Laurie Petty plays Tank Girl, and I'm like, Jesus, this is going to be a train wreck, and it's going to be great. <laughs> uh, very excited by it, uh, and hearing Jamie Hewlett and the coat and the uh, rest of the people talk about it was. I've I, I, I just got to ask: Are you are you an Asylum fan? Then are you an Asylum films fan? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't I look out for good bad films, and there's the yeah. odd one or two that I'm just like, yes, I would watch that over and over, and it's still hilarious to this day. I tell you what, I wa- I watched a little bit of Zombies. Okay, so it's it, it's it's uh, zombie animals in a zoo, right? <laughs> um, and it's basically they've basically like taken Jurassic Park, yeah. To replace the dinosaurs with zombie animals, yeah. Basically, yeah. Um, it's kind of like, um, but uh, it's on YouTube, you can watch it for free, okay. Um, just, just Google Zombies. It's <laughs> obviously dialogue acting is terrible, great, um, and everything, but I, I actually quite enjoyed it, yeah, <laughs> which is terrible. 
I made a, I made Nathan sit and watch a film called The Stuff, which is a 1980s, I'm going to use the, in air quotes, horror movie. It's, it's so funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's one of those films that you just have to sit through and you're just like, what is happening? Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> What's going on? And then it all becomes clear. It's just like, they don't hide the story no. in any way, shape or form. <laughs> it's laid out right there for you. We used to go to... Um... When I was at uni, we used to go to CEX quite a lot of the time and pick up the DVDs that had like four films on them for 75p. Um, and we watched one and I cannot remember the name of it at all. Um, it was like something primal or something along those lines. Um, and it was meant to have dinosaurs in it. It was meant to have velociraptors in it. But it was actually just guys wrapped up in duct tape with dinosaur masks oh, no. on them. And, <laughs> and our friend Jack... He found it so funny that he actually had an asthma attack from laughing so much. So that's always dangerous. (laughs) Different kind of danger film, really. Yeah. Exactly. Instead of having like a panic attack or something like that, you had a laugh attack. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) What a twist. Now, uh, moving on to our last question, um, what weapon, tool, or useful item would you like to take into the apocalypse with you? First thing that comes to my head, a whisk. A whisk. A A useful for noodles, maybe. (laughs) Got to make those noodles somehow. Yeah, you can beat people with it. If you if you need to do things with it, then you can like clip off some of the whiskey bits and then use it as wire and use it to connect one piece of metal to another piece of metal. Mm. You could put the wire into other things. You could use it to pick locks just by disconnecting some of it. You could use it to make a, a whip scream. <laughs> because <Out the> <laughs> <noise>. <laughs> everybody needs whipped cream. Uh, you can give someone a whipping. <laughs> it's just the two of us in that basement, Chris, at the moment. <laughs> and the ferrets. And the ferrets. We'll probably bring the ferrets. And the well. ferrets would probably enjoy it. And, and it would probably entertain Diddy yeah. for all of 10 seconds. Yeah, like you, most of his toys. Um, so a whisk. A whisk. I'd probably actually take, like, done. I'd probably take, like, a. Um, quite a hefty pair of like kitchen scissors because I think they could be used for quite a lot of things so sort of like the snipping the snipping of the whisk yeah Um, but then that whisk can only really be used once (laughs) I'll find ways yeah it just gets shorter and shorter (laughs) just become tinier and tinier as a whisk gets it could be used for clipping stabbing (laughs) I like our kitchen ones as well because they've got a bottle opener on them so yeah, that can also be great. also be helpful. Yeah, <laughs> assuming the definitely bottles exist after the asteroids. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll still be around. I'm sure we can find some. <laughs> Not open. Oh, no. <laughs> We're gonna die. <laughs> Thank God I had my scissors. Yeah. <laughs> Stand back. I've got a whisk. <laughs> I can just imagine you two on like the streets of Bristol, like coming out of your basement, yeah. like with like the wreckage of Bristol around you, like with scissors and a whisk. Yeah. You could even use the whisk to clean the air, so you could like you could get some good what, circulation. Clean, clean the air in the basement after all those yeah, chips, kind of like just just waft it, <laughs> and it would kind of cut through the air like a whisk does in its viscous quality air. <laughs> Oh my Am I grossing you out yet? <laughs> Maybe. Shut up. Brilliant. Well, uh, Chris and Nathan, thank you so much for being on Comics for the Apocalypse today. It's It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you very much for having us. Yeah, thank you, Sam. Uh, we appreciate it. Hey, no worries. Uh, and just for the listeners one more time, where can they find you online? Uh, roughsketch.online is the best place yeah. to find us. Can I, can I also plug something else? Just very little plug. um so i it was meant to be happening this year but unfortunately now is not obviously because of the current situation that's happening uh but as part of bristol pride um i'm also right uh making a a pride comic art festival um for the lgbtqa plus community 
um and we also we already had like a bunch of people um apply for it um unfortunately obviously we're not doing it this year um so it will be happening next year on the 3rd of july in 2001 um but through the whole of june and july as well uh the website which is uh pridecaf so caf.co.uk um will be hosting those comic writers and illustrators and uh, craft makers of the lgbtq plus community uh it'll be hosting them there you can go on there you can find their stuff um support them during this time um and just a, a thing just something different to bring to the sort of whole pride week that we have here in bristol that's great and that that um that link one more time is pride calf yeah pride calf uh caf uh, yeah. dot uk great fantastic i'll put that in the show links as well oh, thank you so people can uh, click through to that as well no problem perfect uh well guys thank you so much again um for for a pleasant evening it's uh it's been full of uh laughter as it was last week so <laughs> much appreciated it's it's raised my spirits during these difficult times so much appreciated good, yeah, good. same here <laughs> We aim to please. That'll be five pounds, please. <laughs> <laughs> Pay pa- PayPal right yeah. now. Um, but uh, yeah, I really, really appreciate it, guys. And uh, yeah, hopefully our paths will cross again at a, a Comic Con soon. Hopefully. I'm sure they will, so. Perfect. All right, guys. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again to Chris and Nathan for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show today, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Chris and Nathan's work or follow them on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all of our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene Magazine's website at comicscene.org for comic news and be sure to download your free copy of their 320-page annual by going to bit.ly forward slash comic scene annual 2019. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Take care, stay safe, and bye for now.